Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is the big question, the show that gives you too much information on the evil, life-destroying dark dimension that David Blaine taps into every time he performs magic on the street. That's the only way he can do it. I, I don't know how he does it. It's one of my dreams to meet David Blaine so I can be one of those people that are like, oh my God, <laughs> and then like walk away from him while he like, cause I'm so shocked. That's real, that's not a trick. Oh, for fuck's sake. Now, if you meet David Blaine, you have to like watch him sit in ice for two days. Seriously. He's not drawing out cards anymore. It's all these endurance tests. Where's the good devil's magic? At the, the good Bring old days before he was dangling off of like a skyscraper. <laughs> My name is MT and I'm here today with off-screen producer, Brandon. What's going on, Brandon? Hello, MT. Yes, let's talk the magic mm. that occurs in our universe and why it's so evil and why you should never <laughs> trust any magician. Never. They're up to no good. Listen, if a magician approaches you on the street, I'm in a trench coat like, hey, you want some dark magic? Always say no. <laughs> It doesn't even have to be a magician. If anyone approaches you on the street with a trench yes. coat and says you want to see something, you say you just no, run. you go away. Uh, it's, it's, get out either of way, it's going to be doesn't just as matter. bad as dark magic, I'll tell you that. But anyway, what, what's our big question for today, Brandon? Well, MT, this phase of the MCU seems to be all about the magic. Mm. Magic, ooh, magic, magic, magic. magic. I could magic think of a single rain. song that has magic in it. Do you believe in magic? There we go. I don't know the lyrics. I don't know. I was about to start singing the Family Matters theme song by accident. We should turn to a Family Matters channel. Yeah, you've got like eight seasons to catch up on. Jeez. But as we slowly keep learning more and more about the mystical powers being unleashed on Moon Knight, we keep wondering if the magic we're seeing fits into some of the categories of magic we already know to be true in the MCU. Mm. It all leads us to this week's big question mm. Is Arthur Harrow tapping into Dark magic. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. We've seen several forms of magic practice in the MCU, and they often have a color associated with them. Eldritch magic and Asgardian magic both have an orange slash golden glow to them, and they're also a form of light magic that tends to be used for defense and healing. And there's also chaos magic we've seen Wanda use over the years, manifesting itself with that red color. And there was also the magic we saw used by classic Loki to create the giant illusion of Asgard, and that magic had a green color in Loki. And there was also the magic used in Shang-Chi that we've called Talo magic. And that magic didn't really have a color, but mostly appeared as moving wind. The use of this magic was tied to the actual village of Talo, as if it were, you know, like a Wi-Fi signal or something. <laughs> but what about the dark magic, the concept of darkness in the MCU? Because the concept of dark magic was first introduced in the first Doctor Strange film back in 2016. And the magic was drawn from the dark dimension the home of Dormammu. Caecilius used this form of magic, and we've also come to find that the Ancient One was drawing on this dark magic as well to extend her mortality, which is a big no-no, especially to the strict rule follower, Mordo. So the power from the dark dimension had a purplish glow to it that seemed to carry over to another instance of dark magic we've seen, and that would be from Miss Agatha Harkness from WandaVision. Mm. Because Agatha's dark purple magic appears to be tied to the dark hole, though it's possible she was tapping into dark magic before she even got her hands on the legendary tome. But now, let's talk about the magic we've seen wielded on Moon Knight. Because is the magic that we see Arthur Harrow using on behalf of Amit a form of dark magic here? So let us look at the evidence that we have so far in the series to see if we can determine the magic's true source. Let's, you know, mm. look at it on a superficial level and just examine the color don't do this for people do this only for magic we gotta <laughs> examine the color first all right only for magic only for magic, only for magic. all right exhibit a the purple color of the magic because as we stated earlier dark mm. magic in the mcu 
has traditionally been presented itself as having a purple color. Now, there is some slight semantic difference to how dark magic is referred to in Doctor Strange and in WandaVision, because in Doctor Strange, they were drawing power from the dark dimension. And then in WandaVision, when we saw Agatha get kicked out of her coven, she was accused of practicing the darkest of magic. But I think we can safely group these two forms of magic into the greater umbrella of, you know, just dark magic in general, just dark magic. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the magic we've seen Arthur Harrow utilize has presented itself with a purple hue. So going by that color theory, one would think that the magic leans to the dark side. But what, what do you think? I mean, that makes the most sense, right? Uh, you know, Marvel's been pretty good about using color to denote things. And uh, all this purple magic we've seen before is usually pretty dark and evil. Right. Uh, and like you said, you know, they kind of describe the magic differently in Doctor Strange and in WandaVision. Doctor Strange presented a lot of new concepts at the MCU that they later did a better job refining and landing on a definition of. But yeah, I mean, you see purple magic, we're supposed to think dark magic, right? And he seems like the villain. He seems like he's doing evil things with it. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, especially with the, with the color purple, uh, when we go back to that flashback of Agatha Harkness on trial by the other witches, we know that their power is blue, whereas Agatha's is purple. Right. So like, we, but we know from just basic color theory that to make purple, you need blue and red. So like, what if Whoa, Agatha yes. was originally a blue witch and then she got in contact with a red dark substance, like, I don't know, the dark hold, mm -hmm. which is like, because red is traditionally the color of darkness in the MCU with chaos. So like maybe because she was influenced by that, she learned the dark, the red stuff, Blue plus red equals purple. No, that make, that, that's great. And that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. I still, like, we have this debate all the time at the office. Like, did Agatha have the dark hold when she was getting kicked out of the cover? Right. Like, I, I tend to think she didn't have it yet because I don't know why this one coven in Salem would have the dark hold to start with. Mm. They said she was practicing the darkest of magics. They never, like, said, like, you took the dark hold right. or, you know, in Doctor Strange, they're like, you read these spells from a book you weren't supposed to read, you know? Mm. They didn't really say that. They said you were practicing the darkest of magics. And I'm wondering, especially with what we've seen with Wenwu, if someone was speaking to Agatha from, from a different dimension and kind of teaching her magic, maybe in an effort to lead her to the Darkhold eventually, because they wanted to get their hands on the Darkhold, mm. uh, that would be an interesting way that she comes across. And hopefully this series that they're doing on Disney Plus is going to show us more history of how she came into contact with the Darkhold and how long she had it for. But that makes me wonder what you were saying, MT, about the color theory, mm. is if maybe Agatha had some chaos magic inside of her, right. and she wanted to be the Scarlet Witch, and when she finally gets to the Darkhold, someone there is like, you're not the Scarlet Witch, and she was pissed. And she was like, well, then no one gets to be the Scarlet Witch. And she steals the Darkhold and devoted her life to finding the Scarlet Witch and killing her because she wanted to be the Scarlet Witch. Because she wanted to be the prettiest girl it's at the true. ball. She did want that crown. Damn you, Wanda! She did. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted that crown. She wanted that crown. Bro, like, if, if Agatha Harkness pulled a carry. <laughs> and Wanda's like, oopsie, I don't even know what I'm doing. And I'm so good at being the Scarlet Witch. And I don't even know magic. And, and Agatha's just like, you. How dare you? Honestly, I would be pissed too. If like if my whole life was revolved around like yeah. magic and being in a coven, and here comes this random girl, just like, oh my gosh, I'm just depressed and I've changed reality. Ooh, I'd be like, oh, give me that power. You don't, you don't deserve it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my, that's for me. I, I feel you, Agatha. It, it happens. That's what growing up is all about, MT. It's you spend your whole life playing video games, and finally you think you're good, 
uh, you finally got a, a place in your life when you, you can afford to buy the games and you play the games when you have the time and you're an old man and then suddenly some 13 year old comes on and just frags you immediately because you're too old and you're too slow and they were born with the it's gift. It's true. Like, Curse My you. eyes aren't as good as they used to be, Brandon. I can't compete with they're these not, children. Uh, it's not fair. My reflexes, they're too slow. It's too, it's, I'm getting killed. My, my thumbs are so, so slow. I, I have the, uh, the osteoporosis now. I can't move them. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm only 30. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now let's move on to the soul stealing aspect of things. Because exhibit B, the ability of dark magic to steal souls. Because we've seen Harrow use the staff of Amit to judge a person's worthiness over their lifetime. And Arthur Harrow stated that the staff contains a tiny sliver of Amit's power, and he uses her power to drain the soul from a person deemed unworthy. The most evil person of all, an old lady. I don't know what she's done, but it's probably terrible. She probably um, <laughs> lied in bingo. Um, so this stealing of souls is very mm-hmm. reminiscent of the soul stealing that was happening in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, because in that situation, the souls were being fed to the Dweller in Darkness in order to power him up, and the Dweller existed in another dimension. Perhaps a dimension that draws on dark magic. And right now, Amit is trapped in a tomb and Harrow is collecting the souls in an effort to help release her. So it's possible that his soul sealing power is something that is tied to dark magic. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, uh, MT, that, you know, Eldritch magic and Asgardian magic, it's, it's like light magic, right. right? It's mostly used for defense or to like heal somebody. Yeah, you can make a sword every now and then, but that's when you're pushed to your limits like for the most part they're doing like good clean magic to help people but this you know any magic that allows you to just suck a soul a person's soul out of their body cannot be good no it's got to be like a dark magic uh and they you know that whole plot in legend uh shang chi and the legend of the ten rings was about like stealing souls to power up this other beast and it, it it can't be a coincidence that like this show too is about like well we gotta take the souls of bad people mm-hmm. We say who's bad. You know, it's up to this cane to swing back and forth in my little magic tattoo. Uh, But it can't be good, right? Like, taking these souls to give to Amit, even when that person hasn't died yet. Mm. Like, in Egyptian mythology, Amit, you know, weighs your soul or weighs the worthiness of your heart after you're dead. Right. Not, like, before you're dead. Yeah. This cannot be good. I don't don't trust this system of, like, oh, you're going to do something bad, so we're going to take your soul now. Yeah, no, I don't trust that at all. And like, I this I definitely do feel like dark magic is in play here because like that's basically what Agatha did as well. Like in Wandavision to those right. witches, oh yeah, she sucked their souls out and they were pruned out, much like that old lady was at after Harrow got mm-hmm. sucked her out. That sounds weird. Um, oh my goodness, that'd be very disgusting. Um, but uh, whoop, whoop, mm-hmm. whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think that there's a there's definitely a link there because like in, in just in, in the terms of like the the nature of darkness, if you just think about darkness in general, blackness, like the color black absorbs light. So like and we both know that mm-hmm. both Agatha and Wanda have the ability to absorb magic, especially Wanda at the end of WandaVision, right. absorbing all of seemingly all of Agatha's magic into her body. So like we know that Wanda potentially has the, the ability to suck people's lives out as well, just like Agatha did and just like Arthur mm-hmm. Harrow did. So it seems like, you know, whatever this dark magic is, I feel like it has its deep roots in red, dark chaos magic. And like in and the redness mm-hmm. of that magic is what this purple glow is. Like it's, it's part of that purple glow. Cause like 
I'll, I have this other th- theory where like the the blue part is like tesseract energy, and like that's how like the magic okay. can go. Like that's how that's how portals can be made to summon little jackals. Right. Well, and you know the the red Infinity Stone was the ether of exactly course, the reality stone, yeah. and we saw how powerful that was and how dangerous and it, it was. was how it spread exactly. and like consumed. And it was tied to the yeah. darkness of the primordial universe mm-hmm. before the light came in. That's like the yeah, type yeah. of darkness that Dormammu likes because he loves living in darkness. He's like, all right, cool. I don't need all this yucky, I don't know, um, light bulbs. Screw Thomas Edison. Um, I don't need that dude. He's a stupid head. Well, yeah, and whether <laughs> he is a stupid head. Screw Thomas Screw Edison. Screw you, Edison. He did a lot of bad things. I mean, I like light bulbs, but other people could have done it in a, mm-hmm. a better way. He killed an elephant. <laughs> he killed an elephant. That's my biggest beef. But yeah, that does make a lot of sense. And it, it would seem like if there is, you know, whether it's Dormammu or some powerful entity from the dark dimension, mm-hmm. you know, they've tried to attack us physically and it didn't work, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't take us down. We got all these superheroes now. So it's like they're getting off the physical realm. They're like, what if we just take apart this dimension soul by soul? Mm. And by stealing all of its souls and getting more and more energy, we can become more powerful than this dimension of Earth 199999 <laughs> that is like defending itself. If we sneak in the back door and take all the souls away, mm. they won't be able to fight us. It's true. And like there's, and we know from Doctor Strange 1 that there's something about our planet that is so delicious to mm-hmm. dark entities like Dormammu and even, you know, probably your dweller in darknesses because, like, they were very, very, ta- like, hungry for uh, Talo. So there's something about, you know, this right. planet that, like, it's just so good. We taste great. I think it's probably the uh, mm-hmm. the new spicy chicken sandwich at uh, Popeye's, um, most likely. Um, <laughs> it's not very We got to stop making these spicy chicken sandwiches. <laughs> it's too tempting to all the evil forces out there. got to stop it. got to stop it. Love that chicken from Popeye's. Which leads us to our exhibit C, the Dark Mark. Because we see in the MCU how those who tap into dark magic are often physically marked by the use of those powers. Like, for example, Caecilius and his followers, along with the Ancient One, who had the mark of Dormammu on their foreheads because they tapped into the magic from the dark dimension. A mark that I might add is the color red, like, you know, chaos magic. Um, and when Agatha performed dark magic spells, her fingers would begin to turn black, which is. Kind of weird, and you know, kind of not like my black fingers, just a darker, a darker shade of black fingers. <laughs> like she, like she had a a, a, a bag of black Cheetos <laughs> and started to eat <laughs> darkness oh. flavored Cheetos. What would those taste like? Oh. Oh. <laughs> taste like shadow. They still taste like cheese. <laughs> shadow. <laughs> now in Moon Knight, we can see a similar manifestation in the tattoo scales that Arthur Harrow and his followers have. Because we know that Arthur's tattoo is able to move and demonstrate the outcome of the worthiness test. Now, while we don't know whether the followers' tattoos are a result of dark magic, it's fair to assume that Arthur Harrow's is, especially since it's able to move and glow sort of different colors. Yeah, that's crazy, MT. The idea, I like what you're putting together there, that like every other instance of dark magic we've seen, it leaves a mark on the person. And this tattoo is like a whole new thing. And yeah, I wonder if like all, because we've seen all the followers have the tattoos. They might just have a guy in the cult who does that tattoo to people. Yes. But I'm wondering if you get the worthiness test and you pass, does it maybe leave that mark on you? Mm. Like to show that you've passed the test and you're able to be in the gang. And obviously, you know, they didn't finish the test on Stephen Grant, so it didn't leave a mark one way or the other. Right. But that, that would be interesting to see if like, if there's someone there like actually, actually physically putting those tattoos on people. Or if it is left behind by the magic. Because obviously Arthur Harrow's is a magical tattoo. Right. You know, normal tattoos don't do that. No. He can't be faking that. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, I love this idea that it is a, a manifestation of the dark magic he's using. Like it leaves behind something physical on it on its user. Yeah, I, I honestly feel like you know this is just me being wild. This could be just as a, just a result of dealing with chaos magic or dark magic for too long. It's like because we know like once Agatha and once Wanda like ex- like use a lot of chaos magic. That's when their hands start to become black. Right. And we also know from Thor the Dark World, like the whole threat of Thor the Dark World was Malekith turning the world into darkness using the red chaos of the mm. ether. And we know that we, when he started to do that, things started to turn black. Like the, when, he, when the ether started to touch things, things started to corrode into blackness. I think that the ether and chaos magic are connected. Th- these fingertips are corroding into dark matter we sort of get that feel in the uh, the new doctor strange trailers when we see defender strange with his really cracked up hands it's like I, he used too much dark magic right. and he started his whole body was starting mm. to become corrupted because he he messed with things that he didn't understand and that things that uh people gave wanda too much grief for um even though they just don't yeah. know that it just drives you crazy <laughs> but anyway <laughs> that's my long explanation as to what i think those uh, the dark corrupting um dark marks are i think it's just chaos magic and like the nature of um this dark magic to uh, like to suck out the light out of light beings like us because like we we have you know we're, we're made of star stuff we're just stars so like we're just it's absor- right. absorbing the star material from our hands to make it dark mm. anyway the end <laughs> i like it now exhibit b the jackal hole which is <laughs> it's funny um hey that's uh that's it's my Friday nights at a, I go to a random bar, find the jackal hole, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Arthur Harrow is able to use the staff of Amit to open up a hole in the ground and summon jackal beasts. And these creatures seem to be coming out from another dimension and not just a hole in the ground. Because I'm, I'm sure he didn't have like a, a, a basement of jackals. He's like, all right, open up the jackal hole. I mean, <laughs> like the rancor. there could be hundreds of thousands of e- evil jackals living beneath us at any moment. <laughs> But enjoy your lentil soup, everyone. There's just evil jackals ready to kill you <laughs> at any moments. And this could be a nod that from them coming from the underworld, a region that Amit is part of in Egyptian mythology. And these creatures could also dissolve away when they are killed, leaving no trace behind on our realm, which is great for, you know, if you're a CG artist who doesn't want to keep animating a yeah. jackal anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Very convenient for it's explaining like, it away. Thanks, jackal, for just completely disappearing. And I hit the dissolve button, <laughs> and I'm done. And here right. we go. After Effects, done. Yeah, the interdimensional nature of these beasts is another clue that they could be coming from a dark dimension. And while we didn't see it actually happen in WandaVision, the creators did say that they wanted to show how Agatha Harkness's rabbit, Senor Scratchy, was a demon that could shift into the form of a rabbit, which is Quite scary. I'm glad I didn't see that happen. Very scary. Um, I would have to call my mom, and my mom would have did a series of yeah. Haitian prayers, and uh, that would have been two hours of my life gone. <laughs> I've been waiting for that Easter Bunny with a shotgun. You know, <laughs> don't come around here, Easter Bunny. Yo, I know you're a demon. Speaking of demon, don't bunnies, leave your demon eggs in my the, house. Speaking of demon bunnies, <laughs> the one movie that I refuse to watch is Darnie Darko. I know that Darnie Darko is cult classic. Oh. I refuse to watch Darnie Darko because I don't creepy. like scary shit like that, bro. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Creepy. Rabbits should be cute. So, if these jackals are a different form of demons, it would be another indicator that there is some dark magic going on. Yeah, I mean, these jackals, they don't seem like they're products of good light magic. No. Uh, and that they're definitely coming from some other dimension. And all the dark creatures we've seen before are like usually interdimensional beings, right. like the Dweller in Darkness, for instance. 
Like he's a dark creature and he comes from another dimension. Uh, and yeah, if, if, if Arthur Harrow is taking these souls to help power up Amit, we still don't know where Amit is like locked away. We know she's in a tomb somewhere mm. that Arthur Harrow's looking for. But is that like a physical tomb on, in our realm or is she stuffed away like in a pocket dimension? Mm. Either like the underworld's a pocket dimension mm. or something like that. In this episode, when Mark Spector goes into the pyramid, it seems like he's inside the Giza pyramid. It's what Steven says. Right. And they kind of cut to an outside shot. But the, the gateway opens up in another location and he's taken there. But, you know, none of the gods are there, right? It's just their avatars. Because as we've talked about many times, all the gods are stuck in the Celestial Holopolis, which is like a different Or the Overvoid, as Mark says uh, in the episode. Or the Overvoid. Right. Sometimes it's called that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they can't come into our dimension. So do you think Amit is like locked away in a different dimension or is Amit like physically in a tomb on our, on our earth or is the tomb like a gateway to another dimension mm. that Amit is stuck in? You know, I think it would be really dope if it was a gateway to another dimension. Like, I, I really want to see the overvoid. I want to see the overvoid. I mean, it's gotta be right. So much because like if all these yeah. gods want to like, you know, be a peeping Tom, on us human, 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 humanities. If all these gods want to be peeping toms on humanity, I want to see where they're peeping from. All right, I want to see where they're, you know, just living right, opulently right, right. and just like chilling. I'm um, in heaven and it's not helping us. And like, this is something that Gore the God Butcher is gonna be pretty <laughs> pissed out too, because like the gods is not interfering yeah, yeah. in helping mankind with, with all these terrible things, especially with like the celestials destroying all the planets. Yeah, Gore's not gonna be happy with the gods just being like, oh yeah, it's totally fine. But I also take it to be. <laughs> The Celestials are way above, like, gods. Yeah. Like, the gods can do nothing against the Celestials. We know that, right? Like, they, they're useless against the mm -hmm. Celestials. The Celestials put the gods there in, in the grand scheme of things, right? But I'm more concerned about, too, is are, are these... <laughs> they're, they're not making the Inuit out to be, like, super smart guys, right? <laughs> like, this whole trial. What a mess. Literally what the worst a mess. trial I've ever seen like, in Kanshu. my life. The worst I mean, Kanshu, dude, you know how hard it is to go in front of the gods. As you said yourself, the last time you did it, you got banished. You know, Mark just kind of floats the idea of like, let's get in front of the gods and tell them Mark's bad or, or Arthur Howe's bad. And then Kanshu's like, yep, sure. you got it. Let me go let's grab them right real now. fast and get that going. <laughs> Maybe take like 10 minutes, lay out your strategy, be like, here are the reasons why he's a bad guy. Instead, Arthur Harrow shows up immediately like he was ready for this and he was like this guy's crazy <laughs> and that's not i'm not trying to be offensive to anybody this is what arthur harrell was saying yeah. and the gods are like yep you know what this guy's right we, we we're going with this guy can't you you're a band baby double band literally and then they're putting him in a rock thing and it's like <laughs> guys get your story straight before you go in front of the judge but it also makes these gods out to look like dumb dumbs right who like don't care at all what's going on, which is a very interesting way to take it. It's like they don't get worship worship anymore, so they're like, screw Earth, I'm I'm I don't care. Like, yeah, you don't see you don't see Odin act. No one cares about Odin anymore, but he still loved Earth. Mm. He was still real keen on Earth. Some, he liked us a lot. Hey, some would say that these gods have a little bit of an ego, and maybe that's why ego is called ego. Oh. <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, it's, it's so weird that these gods, just because they're not being worshipped, they're just like, all right, screw them. Because, like, we see that right. Odin, despite, you know, you know, I think that, I think he went to Earth around, like, 900 BC or AD, one of, the, one of those points, really a long time ago. One of those and, like, things. he gave humanity the Tesseract to guard, and that's why Red Skull was able to find it later on. And so, like, I wonder 
if like the Asgard was like, hey, even though people don't worship us anymore, it's okay. I don't know. I don't. I don't. The any the, they just seem like they're real. You know, they they're real butthurt about the whole situation. <laughs> and, like they're not taking things seriously here. Yeah. So yeah, I I think I think you're right, MT. I I, I think Amit's locked away in like another dimension, another separate dimension, and like this tomb is just like a doorway to it. Uh, and if they give, if Arthur gets her enough souls, she'll get strong enough to break out of her tomb. They can open the door on our end. She'll be strong enough to come through. And she'll start eating hearts, baby. Yeah, man. Eating hearts. That's when uh, Sora, Donald, and Goofy will come and stop her. Um, this is Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> oh, she'll turn into a big please. heartless. That would be funny if, if Disney's big goal is to just, like, they're buying up all these properties like Marvel and Star Wars and Fox. Just so they can all put them all inside of Kingdom Hearts. Bro, like, Kingdom dude, Hearts rules. Did all. you see the new Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer, man? Oh, I saw bro, it. Bro, there's I a little uh, at at foot in the trailer. There's going to be Star Wars in it, bro. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. So, what is the strongest evidence we have now that the magic that we see Arthur Harrow using is dark magic? So, like, what do you think? Like, is this the era of dark magic in the MCU, Brandon? I mean, it's got to be, right? This Everything's leading up, especially to this Doctor Strange and the Multiverse Absolutely. Madness. We're going to see that dark hold again. Yes. We're going to see all of these like other interdimensional creatures. Like this is the time of dark magic. In Absolutely. The Full stop. I hope it leads to Dormammu coming back. I think that's like the big end game here. Oh yeah. Like screw Kathan, screw all that. Like bring back Dormammu and he's pissed. Yeah. And he I, wants to eat earth for real this time. I honestly feel like Dormammu could be a secret, huge influence behind this because he got rejected from eating Earth, and so he's going to want to yeah. try again. He doesn't give a damn about a bargain. He's going to try a different way to get back to Earth, and Wanda is probably the best way to do that. So oh, yeah. I can definitely see Dormammu um, becoming a huge factor. But yeah, I think that we're in a new dark chapter in the MCU. Phase 4 is going to be so dark heavy, because like I've said before in the past, we got the Ebony Blade from Eternals. We got the symbiote mm -hmm. coming in Spider-Man 4. We got Gore, the God Butcher's Necrosword, going to be a huge deal. Agatha Harkness is getting her own show. Um, we have the Ten Rings from, from Shang-Chi having this access to dark creatures. We have all these dark artifacts and dark things happening in the MCU that we need to, if you want to predict what titles are coming next, it's probably going to be dark related. And I honestly think that Captain America 5, remember when they teased Serpent Society? And people were like, well, Serpent Society? Oh, and there yeah. was actually Civil War? I think... We could see, be seeing the cult of Set coming into the MCU and uh, mm. you know factoring in in Captain America Five because why not bring back the dinosaurs? Bring them back, yeah. yeah. You know, Savage Land too, even though that's not really dark. I just like dinosaurs. <laughs> oh yeah, it's what's in Savage Land. Yeah, I feel like Arthur Harrow is going to become the Shadow Knight, man, because Shadow Knight's in the comics and it's dark. He's a dark oh. man. Now, guys, time is running out to grab yourself the Moon Knight latest obsession shirt from NewRockstarsMerch.com. It's called Tomb of the Moon God, and buying it not only directly supports us here at New Rockstars, but it also unlocks the ability to get a shout-out in our weekly Inside Marvel show. So get it before it sells out at NewRockstarsMerch.com. It's a really great shirt. Literally my favorite design that we have so far, and it's going to sell out, so go really quickly. Now, before we dive into our bite-sized questions next, some words from the people that help bring big question to you. People like Avast, because the folks over at Avast are global leaders in cybersecurity and have been for more than 30 years. Avast is trusted by over 430 5 million users. And no matter who you are, where you are, or how you connect, they are taking care of you on your terms. Avast's new all-in-one solution, Avast One, helps you take control of your safety and privacy online through a range of features. And learn more about Avast One 
at Avast.com. A few of the great features that Avast One offers include a great PC speedup feature to optimize compute performance and a smart scan to find and remove viruses. And what we like about Avast One here at New Rockstars is that they take care of everything in one package. No need to get different software for antivirus and firewall protection. Avast One has you covered on both ends. So thanks to Avast for supporting Big Question and Avast prevents 1.5 billion attacks every month. And with Avast One, you can confidently take control of your online world without worrying about viruses, phishing attacks, ransomware, hacking attempts, and other cybercrimes. So learn more about Avast One at avast.com. If you're looking to chill out a bit, but don't need to get totally zonked, mellower vibes are a drop or a toke away with dad grass. Mm. Dad grass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Their 100% organic pre-rolled joints are very low in THC and high in CBD. Mm. So you can enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. Chill out without getting stoned. It's like having a glass of wine. Not the whole bottle. Mm. If you're having the whole bottle of wine just by yourself in a couple of hours, slow down. <laughs> uh, Want to toke without the smoke? Daggrass also has a CBD tincture made with the same high-quality hemp. It's easy to dose, and the effects come on smooth. Mm. All Daggrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the United States. The new Rockstar staff has sampled a few of the Daggrass products, and let me tell you, we enjoyed them. <laughs> the tincture is great before bed. Confirmed. Uh, my wife and I tried one of the pre-rolled joints. It was lovely. Nice. Whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill way to enjoy an old favorite, Dadgrass will leave you in a euphoric mood. Mm. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash big question. So head on over to dadgrass.com slash big question for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash... Big question! Nice. <laughs> Seriously, it was great, and I really enjoyed it. 420 Dadgrass, am I right? <laughs> 420 Dadgrass, I man. Oh, man. Now time for our bite-sized questions. Oh. Mm. Oh. What's this? Brandon, how many different pantheons of gods are there in and outside of the MCU? This is from A. Jessel on Discord. Thank you. Oh, okay, okay. We did talk about this a little last week on Big Question, but within the Marvel Comics universe, there are different pantheons or groups of gods that often mirror our real-world groups of gods. Right. There's also pantheons of gods that exist for other planets, mm -hmm. such as the Shi'ar, Skrull, and the Centurions. That's a couple of examples. But let's not include those. Let's stick with the Earth-based gods that would be represented in like the Council of Godheads, right? So going with just Earth-based pantheons and including the multiversal god, a.k.a. the one above all. Praise him. I found 29 different pantheons. Mm. I'm not going to say all other names here, <laughs> but our lovely editors can make the names scroll by as I'm talking. Oh, look at wow, all this. Wow, play some elevator music, too. All these different gods. Oh, oh, Apu, of course. Oh, the Asgardians, we know them. Uh, the Dark Gods, yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh, oh, some of them. Oh, oh, that one too? Oh, that's fascinating. Oh, okay. Oh, mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Oh, so there they all, all are. The Wasn't gods. that fascinating? Now, as for what we've seen in the MCU so far, we have a much smaller list. It's pretty much just the Asgardians, Heliopolitans, mm. the Primordial God, aka uh, the Dweller in Darkness, the Eternals and the Celestials. Like, that's it. Right. Those are the only God groups we've seen in the MCU. So there's plenty of room for tons more pantheons in the MCU. 
But yeah, there's a ton in the comics and gods for like other planets. It's crazy. So many. So, so, so very many. Some would say Insane. too many. Time for gore. <laughs> Just kidding. Too many gods. <laughs> Get them, Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that, Brandon. That, that's actually a really big question that okay. I, I I myself wanted to know because like we just have a lot of gods. Yeah, I was shocked how many there were. The Wikipedia entry is just like massive. <laughs> massive. Now, Brandon, I got some mails for you. Ready for this? I'm ready. Brandon, is there a purpose of a cape for a superhero suit other than just looking cool? And this is from Alexa, the editor, mm. who asked us this on Twitter. Thank you, Alexa. Alexa, Alexa, with an A. Like the like the device. Really nailed it. <laughs> I did. Really it. Nailed That's it. why they paid me the, the medium bucks. <laughs> Thank you, Alexa, for sending in this question. This was actually a great question yes. uh, as I got into it. So as Edna Mode from The Incredibles made the trend of cape hating popular again. No capes. No capes. This was also a sticking point for Alan Moore in The Watchmen, mm. R.I.P. Dollar Bill. <gasps> Is there a, really a purpose for heroes having capes? Mm. Like why why even bother having these capes? Of course, your cape could be imbued with powers and abilities like Doctor Strange Cloak of Levitation or the Cloak's Cloak. You know the cloak. He's got a cloak. Yeah. Is a cloak a cape? <laughs> I'm going to count a cloak as a cape. Yeah. But yeah, so sometimes a cape has like very practical purposes. It gives you more powers. It has abilities of its own. Mm. Even like, uh, you know, the invisibility cloak that Harry Potter has. Again, another cloak. Uh, we're going to count it. We're going to count this as a cape. <laughs> there is, of course, uh, a way of having like a protective cape right. for heroes like Batman, right? Mm. He can make his cape bulletproof, fireproof, or whatever kind of proof he needs for the comic. Mm. Um, and Superman's cape is also made of material from his spaceship that he was found in as a little boy mm. and is also nigh indestructible, as Jonathan Kent found out when he started blasting it with a shotgun just to try it out. Like, wow. hey, I wonder if I can shoot this faster with a gun. <laughs> Boom. It's like, uh, turn around, Clark. I don't know why... <laughs> Yeah, Martha, hold this up. I need to shoot at it. Hang it up on the barn, Jonathan. I don't want to put holes in the barn, Martha. Hold this fabric up. But what about me? Shut up, Martha. I'm gonna run into that tornado. I swear to God. I mean, can we talk about how Superman just let his dad run into a tornado Yo, in the DCEU? It one of the really dumbest things I've ever seen. Uh, no offense to Zack Snyder, <laughs> but like... No offense to Zack Snyder. What are you going to do like that? Bro, see, like, bro. If it was me, as Jonathan Kent, I would have been like, yeah, save everyone, son. I don't care who hey, sees hey. you. <laughs> this yeah. is your debut. <laughs> son, run your ass over here and get me out of this goddamn tornado. So yeah, Superman's got an indestructible cape, even though he himself is indestructible. So it's like double indestructible ability on, on top of each other. I don't know why. Um, but if you recall this event, NBC even had a whole last show around a hero called the cape, <laughs> whose defining feature that. was that he used a cape. Yeah. yeah, And this cape wasn't even a magic cape. He just incorporated it into his fighting style and utilized it to manufacture illusions to confuse his opponent. Wow. Ridiculous. Of course, there are some practical cases of capes out there. Mm. But why did this trend even begin? Why even Seriously. put superheroes I blame in Superman. Well, you're right on oh, that. Shit. With the concept of modern superheroes beginning in the 1920s and 30s, it is widely believed that their aesthetic was heavily influenced by circus performers at the time oh. who would often wear capes, especially the acrobats and strongmen who would most influence the idea of a superhero. So yeah, in the 20s and 30s, you know, you go and see these circuses and like these larger than life characters mm -hmm. doing these incredible acts. 
like these were the influence for superheroes. Right. So they kind of like modeled them after these acrobats mm-hmm. and these like these strong men. So these performers, they'd often wear like leather boots and a leotard, tight and revealing to show off their form for the audience. Right. Sound familiar? When they're doing these circuses, they're also performing like outside or in these open air tents, which could be quite chilly when they were not on stage. Right. So their costumes often included a cloak or a cape when they were off stage mm. to help keep them warm, but still in their character. Right. So that, and so you have this going on in the 1920s and 30s. You have comic books starting around the same time. So that's where this design idea came from. Wow. There's also the idea that when comics were first being printed in the 30s and 40s, there were limitations as to how intricate the drawings could be to accommodate the printing technology at the time. Mm. So capes are a very helpful way to imply movement and direction right. when a character was running or flying or falling, etc. So imagine like Superman, like an old Superman comic. If you just draw him like this without like a cape, you don't know if he's flying, if he's just standing there or whatever. So they could imply direction by the way the cape was, you know, blowing or rustling or whatever. That's so like true. Finally, there's yet one other theory that the influence of capes on heroes uh, came from Spanish folklore and the idea of the capa y espada mm. or cape and sword. A lot of these heroes in these uh, Spanish folklore had a cape and a sword. The most famous one being, of course, Zorro, who had a cape, a sword, a mask. And uh, it wasn't Batman based off of Zorro, too? Uh, yeah, Batman has, like, strong influences from Zorro. So mm. those are the influences that led to, like, the superheroes we know today having capes just because of the way storytelling was going at the time, uh, you know, the practical printing applications uh, and circuses. So there you go. As for them having functions, sometimes they do. Most of the time they don't. And sometimes they get you killed. Yep, sucked right into an airplane engine. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> sucked right into that jet engine. No, I really love learning about like the whole circus roots of, of superheroes because yeah. I feel like that's the secret to what makes superhero movies so great. It's like if you if we just go back to the to the roots of it, it's like people like to see spectacle. People like to see crazy things happening mm-hmm. that they could never see. And that's why people love Spider-Man so much for part of part of the reason why. Because, like, he's doing all these crazy flips and, like, being like, whoa, like, I can't believe a human can do that. And I think that's what people really love. Right. And I, I love that that's, like, sort of rooted into what superheroes are because of the circus roots. I, I love that a lot. Um, so thank you, Brandon. You're very smart. It. I love your research always. Smart cookie. You're welcome. <laughs> but now it's time for a box of scraps question. Brandon, you ready? What? Box, box of scraps. Box of scraps. It's time for the box of scraps. Bam, bam. Now, Brandon, if you could perform one piece of mm-hmm. magic for real, what would your spell be? Mm-hmm. What would my realistic mm. magic spell be? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If I could do one piece of magic for real, mm. I think I would like the ability to make something like disappear and then reappear. Oh. You know what I mean? For real. Like I could just take something, I could put it away in a pocket dimension, I could Yo. bring it back whenever I wanted. That's pretty dope. It'd be a great way to go to the grocery store to, you know, just, you know. Right. I don't want to pay for that lobster tail. Just <laughs> put it in a discount little dimension, get home and boop. <laughs> so basically, I'd become like a magical kleptomaniac, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I think that that would be the the magic power I would want. The I ability like to like. You could just steal a Santa sack from the North Pole. <laughs> that's basically what that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like doubling it up, right? Basically. I think mine would probably be I, I've always been into dreams a lot ever since I was a kid. So like having the ability to oh, like, okay. you know, take someone's dreams out and like view it on like a TV screen. It's like, oh, hey, you want to watch your dream on TV? Oh. Sure. Let's all watch it together. 
could see how weird it was. I would think it'd be, that really be messed cool. up. I don't want people seeing my dreams. And like, if, be scary. If, if you found a way to like to control your dreams, you could basically become like a movie director and just be like, all right, I made a movie last night. Here it is. <laughs> and just show it on TV. Really well, there's nice. those people who work really hard at like lucid dreaming. Yeah. Right? Like being awake for your dreams and like having control of it. Then they always tell people like, oh, I, I did it last night. And you're like, I don't know if you really did <laughs> like, I don't believe you, could, you. You could be the one to prove empty if people are actually lucid dreaming or if they're just like lying and saying they're Exactly. Lucid and like, you know how guys be like, oh, baby, I had a dream about you last night. I could be like, oh, did you have a dream about your girl? Let's find out. <laughs> Were you lying? Let's find out. Oh, I no, he see, was dreaming about bacon again. I can see empty. <laughs> like all men. Empty's do. got like infomercials. <laughs> MTV's got infomercials on TV like, did your husband claim to have a dream about you last night? Call me, MT, the dream seer, and we'll find out if your husband is real or a liar. Yeah, we'll throw him right under the bus. Did your man say he was dreaming about you last night? Or was he dreaming about bacon again? <laughs> Call me, MT, the dream seer. We'll get to the bottom of your dreams. That is it for this episode of Big Question. As always, huge thank you to Brandon for joining me on this episode. Please follow him at Grin and Barrick on Twitter. Follow me at Mastertainment on Twitter if you want to see me tweet some weird shit. And more importantly, follow New Rockstars here on YouTube and on all of our social media platforms. And make sure to hit that notification bell so you can get notifications every time we upload a video. And if you want to continue the conversation, our New Rockstars Discord server is now open to the public. So if you're 18 years or older, please click the link in the description to join that conversation because we love just chatting with people on Discord. You guys are the best fans that we could ever ask for. We will see you guys next time. Goodbye. Bye.